This is Raptors Game Night on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. Buckle up, fans. Here we go. Pass to Ibaka goes through his legs. Van Vliet picks it up and heaves it in. Fred Van Vliet from 18 feet out. The ball went through Ibaka's legs on the inbound. Wow. Fred picked it up, had the presence of mind to say, I got to get this baby toward the cup. And it fell right through the tin. Well, it wasn't how they drew it up, but a big bucket nonetheless. Right said Fred Van Vliet bringing it home for the Raps. Back-to-back, no worries. Kawhi Leonard being rested, okay. No DeLon Wright, all right. Still the Raptors come out on top, 117-113 over the Washington Wizards. This is Tangerine Raptors basketball and the post-game show. Gareth Wheeler alongside Dwayne Watson and Josh Lewenberg. Uh, have any thoughts, opinions on what we just witnessed? At Wheeler TSN, at Dwayne Watson, at JLU1050. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought there was going to be a massive letdown tonight coming off the big win against Boston on Friday. But give full credit to this team. Minus their best player, you know, they're playing a well-rested team. Raptors are on the road, and they still did what needed to be done to come away with the with the W tonight. There's a number of points within this game where you felt there was going to be a letdown after the Raptors started playing well, but the Wizards kept finding ways to get back into this game. Um, and But you're right. Obviously, Kyle Lowry stepped up big time. Huge. But the bench, we talked about that throughout the game in terms of at halftime. Who's going to step up? Where's it going to come from? It was a balanced effort from everyone that brought these guys through. Yeah, that, that was the big difference between the first half, which I thought the Raptors played well in, and then the second half where they were able to pull away. It wasn't just the Kyle Lowry show and Valanchunas, who was excellent in the first half, was quiet in the second, didn't play much. OG Ananobi, who was great in the first half, wasn't great in the second half. So if you would have told me that at halftime, the two of those three guys that right. were essentially carrying them mm-hmm. wouldn't be uh, a big part of the game script in the second half, I'd say the Raptors would be in big trouble, especially when you factor in all those other things. No Kawhi, no DeLon, uh, the fatigue, yada yada. Uh, but Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet stepped up. He didn't take a shot. Not only did he not make a shot, he didn't take a shot in nine first half minutes. He, he was more valuable to them in the second half than just that big kind of wild circus shot that he hit there at the end. He made an impact. Pascal Siakam, before fouling out, had a stretch of maybe five to eight minutes where defensively he was as good as I've ever seen him. Right. Serge Ibaka came up big once again in the second night of a back-to-back. C.J. Miles. He intentionally let the ball go through his legs there on that last uh, play. Of, right? of course. It was all, it was all planned. <laughs> C.J. Miles uh, started the second half in place of Norm Powell. And he was good. And he was an upgrade. was better than he was in the first half. So the Raptors' depth yeah. came through. And this is why you can find opportunities throughout the year to play it safe, play it smart with Kawhi, knowing that you've got enforce, reinforcements on the bench. But let's be honest here. The Raptors do not win this game tonight if Kyle Lowry didn't help carry this team. I mean, well, we're going to go to the head coach of the Toronto Raptors right now, Nick Nurse, in his post-game comments. You know what a nutmeg yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nutmeg. Yeah. Between the legs. Pick it up. Just, it up, just the runner. way you drew yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah. It actually was pretty good. If we caught the first one, I think that might have been a layup, but uh, we wanted to make it a little harder. Um, uh, I guess the first guy that comes to mind is Serge, his play off the bench. Uh, you know, back-to-back games, yep. back-to-back nights, he, he comes up big. 
Yeah, he was he's, he was excellent. I, I said that even, I think he's had three good games. I said that even the first night, even though he went two for ten from the field, and he was thinking, ah, Serge had I was like, man, he was effective. He was rebounding. He was rim protecting. And he and he, he goes in these stretches, and I think we go in them as well, where we you know string up some consecutive plays, and we're able to you know open up the game. They bring it back, open up the game a little bit, and, and he's a big part of that. What is it with Kyle? Just seems to make those winning plays, steps in for the charges, the threes, whatever layups. Yep, when he's when he's playing, you know, he, he goes in those flurries and and they go at both ends, right? Yeah. They go at both ends. He'll get in a four minute flurry, a banging a three, and taking a charge and diving on the floor and making a layup and and um, yeah, he's, he's he's when he's in those, he's good. That's that's why he's an all star. Look, you're going to have to win games without people, be it injury or rest or whatever. What does it say early on to kind of be this together to win a game without Kawhi on the road? Yeah, I mean, I think this is probably the set of pregame. The biggest thing that that you can take is we've got a we've got a spirited group that's ready to fight. It's it's not been very pretty, right? And and I'm not that happy with some of our organization offensively. Um, I mean, we're making a lot of plays, and, and I've got to do a better job of getting us a little more organized. And and uh, I'm not sure when that's going to be because we've played so many games here, right? Yeah. So we'll have tomorrow off, and then we'll play another game Monday. So uh, maybe maybe next next time we practice, we'll start getting try to get a little bit more organized down there. He started Norm. I see he's plus twenty. That kind of yeah. stands out. I mean, what do you think about him? He did good, right? So so we give a couple. Uh, I think we made three changes to the starting lineup from last night. So we give some other guys some shots and tried to again look at some combinations. Um, he, he was he had a little bad run there at the end of the half, right? Yeah, but yeah. but it was again it was like he came out of there with a loose ball and threw it ahead. And there's probably about two guys in the league that make that play, and Walls one of them and darts in there and steals it, and they hit a three. Kind of changed the momentum there at the end of the half, but. You know, I told him it was a pretty good aggressive play, right? So, um, but I thought the second half he did good. He was just more solid in the second half. You started CJ in the second yeah. half, and it, and it, that kind of it kind of reeks of look. This guy's worked hard. He's given yeah. us some stuff. Yeah. Let's let's give him a chance. He he um he did a veteran thing of he hasn't made many shots, so he decided to get himself involved in other ways. Got himself got his hands on a bunch of balls. Got mm -hmm. a got to the rim a couple times, which he doesn't do a lot, but he can do. Um, but I just you're right. You he stuck out like a you know he really stuck out or stood out um, um, in the first half with just his energy. Coach, your team is up by ten at the time of uh, the old second goal and Scott's ejection. Uh, how do you make sure you use the word spirited second go? How do you yeah. make sure that your team controls its own emotions in that situation? Well, those situations uh, have an interesting way of, of sometimes not working out the best for you, right? You, you get the free throws, and all of a sudden it seems like they get a, a fire in their belly, and uh, you know, again, reacting to a coach being tossed usually usually spurs a good reaction to a team and uh, you know I just you know we talked about it we all we we're all on the timeout saying hey listen we really got to move our feet and keep our hands off and and they're going to put their head down and go to the rim and it's going to be hard for us not to follow them so let's you know let's try to keep them off the line if we can that's about all and you spoke pre-game of Kawhi shots having to go elsewhere uh you know you named a couple players CJ uh Norman I think uh, of guys who are going to have to step up in his absence. How did you feel about how the offense was distributed there? Well, I thought I thought there was some pretty good movement all the way through till about the last four or five minutes, right? I, I thought we were moving it pretty decent. We were spreading it around. Uh, you know, everybody was getting in the act a little bit. Pascal had a couple nice moves. OG had a couple uh, uh, a good looks there from three. 
Um, you know, pretty fortunate, I think, to be missing Kawhi. And, and Danny didn't really – he had a couple wide open shots that probably could have sealed that thing earlier. But, again, huge night from Kyle and, and chip in from a bunch of other guys. You mentioned the movement of your guys not where you really wanted it to be in the last few minutes. How important was Pascal uh, in that in getting that back, including those two offensive rebounds leading to the Lowry three? Yeah, again, I think I think um, we did a good job of of getting some extra possessions. Pascal and Serge were were on the glass there, right? We weren't we weren't getting the best shots in the world, but we were getting long possessions or multiple possessions and, and a couple cracks at it a few times. Um, he was good tonight, Pascal. Like, like uh, he was. They were, you know, doing some things down at the defensive end to, to you know, help off him, etc. Which they do, and then he, he banged a corner three, right? And that's that's you know that's a big shot for him. And um, I thought he was really good defensively tonight too. Okay. Thank you, sir. Head coach of the Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse, after the Raptors come away with a 117-113 victory over the Washington Wizards. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg with you. Already getting the rasps, the rasp, the end of game. <laughs> Not quite at the Dwayne Casey Not level, quite. but a little bit of rasp, rasp there. It, it, it's hard to nitpick when you're 3-0. You went back-to-back over two teams that are supposed to be near the top of the Eastern Conference in the Celtics and the Wizards. But I like how he says, look, I still want to see this offense tick over. We have work to do. I like hearing that from the head coach. I like everything that he's basically put out there and his presentation and approach through these first three games. Yeah, I mean, it's early in the season. This team is looking good, and you can see the potential of what this team can do when they're yes. sound and finally tuned. And I think as a coach as him, especially a new coach, you want to kind of have the offense flowing in a way that it needs to be. Because at times, even when Kawhi was playing last game, it became a little bit of the Kawhi show a bit. So, I mean, you want to fine-tune it and get to be better. And, and the fact that he has other guys who can step up and perform has been key. Did anything else stand out to you, Josh? He's pushing the right buttons. He's pushing yes. a lot of buttons, but yeah. he's pushing the right buttons. And, I, I mean, there are going to be things, as he's mentioned a number of times, that work and things that don't work. But there's a method to the madness. Even during right. moments, I think, where you look on the court and say, well, this lineup doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like They're keeping track of the data, the numbers here involved with every group that's out there, every pairing, every unit. And it's all going to be filed away. And I think it'll make a lot more sense once we see how the rotation shakes out in the second half of the year. I mean, this is the part of the year where the Raptors, where Nick Nurse specifically, really really wants to experiment because they didn't do enough of that last year. So it's about trying things out here. And I think tonight, probably more than the first two games, was a good opportunity to do that because you don't have Kawhi. So all of a sudden, other guys needed to step up, and they did. But while we talk about that, I mean, you Nick Nurse deserves credit, sure. We're 100%. giving him that credit. But at the same time, he's got a lot of depth, a lot of options to work with. And that's a nice luxury for the coach to have that kind of depth. That's what this Raptors team is working with. And which is great. But the, the trade-off in having so much depth is that these guys got to figure out kind of how they can all work together with different lineups, different rotations. They turn over the ball 17 times for yeah. 30 points. So, I mean, that's just a matter of getting that rhythm down with those guys. So there's benefits and some trade-offs, but they got to get better with that. Yeah, anything else stand out, what Coach Nick Nurse had to say? The, the one thing to me that's becoming abundantly clear, I know that he said in the build-up to the season, look, it doesn't matter if we win 59 games, 48. It's all about the playoffs. But honestly, guys, in a weaker Eastern Conference, this Raptors team could go out and actually put up more wins in the regular season than the team last year. Like, this year's team... 
like on Ag- paper, agreed. and so far through three games from what we've seen in practice, is better than last year's it, team. It's funny because they said the same thing last year, too. They went into the season saying we're going to prioritize the playoffs more than ever. Right. Certainly Kyle Lowry's minute totals last year reflect that. Uh, they said it doesn't matter if we win 50-55, and they ended up winning a franchise-best 59 games, and now this year probably, we, we talked about this the other day, Wheels, this year probably more than ever before they're saying, well, it doesn't matter, it's all about the playoffs, and you're right. But they the could, potential's they could, and I'm using the, the, I'm using the air quotes here, they could accidentally win 60-plus games. Like tonight, I, I would have legislated tonight as, as a loss. Yeah. Coming off a win yeah. last it was a, night. It was, no, a, it was a scheduled loss. That, you know, they, they were underdogs coming in against a team that needed a win. I know it's just game number two, but you've documented it, Josh. This team's going on the road for Raider in their next 10 games. 8 of 10, and, and they're coming off a, a tough loss in their opener. And there was the revenge factor. They, they hate lost. the Raptors. They hate the, well, it yeah. seems like they hate everybody, but right. they, they, they hate the Raptors. They, they lost to the Raptors in six games last year. There were a ton of factors on both sides. You look at the Raptors without their best player, second night of a back-to-back. This had schedule loss written all over it. I'm almost tempted to say this win was more impressive than last night's, but but I'm not as high on the Wizards as the Wizards. Dwayne's that's gonna I, have I mean, your back that's not as crazy, though, because the whole key was the bench. We talked about that the second the, the second year really stepped up in this game. I mean, yeah. Fred didn't take a shot attempt in the first half. 11 points in Pascal the second Siakam half. Pascal gave them a lot off his, uh, on the rebounds. Like they, and CJ Miles stepped up, too. So I think when you look at this as a collective picture, I mean, Kyle was amazing, fantastic, and Kawhi wasn't there. But we also know that this team was a pretty good team before Kawhi got here. Right. So what I'm saying is I'm not that surprised. I'm not going to worry about the regular season games. We've been through this a number of times with the season. No, but there's reason to get to get excited yeah, about this. And here's another layer. On top of that, I think everyone that you t- that you speak to that's watched these games, watched the preseason games, everyone's come out and say, you know what, Danny Green, what an adi- what an addition to this team was one of nine from tonight from the floor tonight, one of eight from three. He had an off night. So the two players you got in the San Antonio trade really didn't play that big of a role. Green was fine defensively, but like what you're seeing is a young group of players from last year continue to emerge. Yep. And you see different players step up, and I think that's something that we're going to grow accustomed to over the season. And really, that's kind of why I agree with Josh, because it's more important to see that than seeing... You know what is going to do. You know what Kyle's going to do. But when these guys can step up and grow and flip and turn the switch in the second half, that's big. I'm actually going to backtrack here a little oh, bit. Okay. So <laughs> let's look at the two wins beep, here beep. and 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 ask ask ourselves what we've learned from these two games and ultimately which one was more impressive. And while I do think tonight was impressive in a lot of ways and maybe stood out in ways that yesterday's didn't, I'll say this: what we learned about the Raptors today is probably something we already knew. They're resilient. They were resilient last year. They're deep. They were deep last year. This is a game that, while impressive, they probably could have and would have won last year. What stood out to me yesterday and why everyone uses the term statement win and measuring stick and all that, why last night, as much as it was the second game of the season, actually was a statement win for me is because the Raptors didn't fare well against elite teams last year. Agreed. Not at all. And that was the big red flag going into the playoffs, is that eventually you were going to see an elite team in the playoffs. You were going to have to beat an elite team. What was going to happen then? Well, they saw an elite team and they got swept by it. So, to see a Boston team that everyone is picking to win the conference, come out of the East, and 
and play the way they did last night, to win the way they did last night, to me, that stood out more, if for no other reason, than that. Well, That's I, different than the Raptors. I, I, I like how you phrase that, because I want to yeah. get into this in the next segment. What did we learn tonight? What did we learn about the Washington Wizards? And I have one word written down, and it's, a, it's spelled out F-R-A-U-D-S. Frauds. <laughs> they are frauds. We'll get into the Wizards, their antics, antics and petulance on the court tonight, and how that almost helped the team uh, make a late-game comeback. But the Raptors survived that late onslaught. They win 117-113, a perfect 3-0 and record. Our post-game show on Tangerine Raptors basketball rolls on. Wheeler Watson, J. Lou with you, and you're listening across the TSN Radio Network. Ananobi backs in on Ubre, kicks it up top to Ibaka, now to Siakam, drives near side and jams it down, send it to the line for one more, send it in Pascal, and take a trip to the line for the bonus throw. Paul Jones on the call and give him a double-double on the night, 10-10, and 10. that was before Siakam ended up fouling out, the refereeing, a discussion point. Yet again tonight, we'll get to that in a few moments' time, but exclamation mark on this Raptors W tonight. No Kawhi Leonard still go on to beat the uh, the, the Wizards in D.C., 117-113. This is Tangerine Raptors basketball, Wheeler, Watson, and J. Lou with you. I want to get to the player of the game first because we were interrupted by Nick Nurse, and that has to go to Kyle Lowry. 28 big points, 12 massive assists, 10 of 21 from the floor, 4 of 9 from 3, hit all four of his free throws as well, did a little bit of everything, and that's why he's the player of the game, and, he, and that's brought to you by Two for One Pizza's High Five Deal. Buy any large traditional pizza for fifteen ninety nine and get a second large one-topping pizza for five bucks. Call Two for One, oh, Two for One. I hope you guys don't mind me pulling rank there. You didn't have anyone a, else in mind. Because I think Kyle Lowry's a great talking point. Because coming into this season, we were all asking ourselves, what Kyle Lowry are you going to see? Are we going to see a malcontent that's still upset that his buddy DeMar DeRozan got traded? Or are we going to see a guy that's going to go out there and earn that substantial contract that he's paid? And he's going to lead this team to where they need to go. And he's answered that bell. He has been nothing short of phenomenal through three games. Josh, you've been with this team since the start. What have you seen from Kyle Lowry? Did you predict this? Did you see this coming? We should have. And... if we didn't, maybe shame on us because this is what Kyle Lowry has always done, right? I mean, when has he, when has he given it less than everything he's got when he's on the floor? When he's comfortable, it seems like he'll, you know, kind of um, he'll defer to others. But when he has a no, chip I mean, on his shoulder, that's when you see him. But play. he almost always does, right? And it's, so, I'll quote my buddy Kahal Kelly. This was in his article, Globe and Mail, the uh, the other day. The question with Kyle Lowry was whether he was going to play angry or just be angry. And through three games, I mean, he might also be angry, but he's playing angry. And, and you're right, Kyle Lowry is absolutely at his best when he plays angry. He's always had a chip on his shoulder. He's never lacked motivation. So that's why I say we probably shouldn't be surprised that he's playing this way. But it, th- this is where the surprise comes in for me. I mentioned this in the pregame, is that he's always sort of been a slow starter. Even though eventually the shot starts falling and then you add that to all the other thing Kyle, uh, things Kyle Lowry does, uh, but the one thing that you can sort of expect at the beginning of each year is it's going to take him a little bit of time to get into rhythm. 
it hasn't done it hasn't taken much time this season. Uh, here's some numbers: seventy points through three games on forty-one shots, so that's sixty-three percent shooting from the field. 12 of 20 from beyond the arc, 26 assists to just seven turnovers, and four drawn charges. He led the league in that category last year. Those are huge numbers. He he plays at this level. I mean, he's playing with Kawhi Leonard now. So he was already an all-star without question in terms of what Kyle does. But he's playing with a player who makes the game easier. And I think, you know, all the stats obviously show themselves, but... This guy is still getting in drawing charges. This guy is still diving into the second row for loose balls. Yeah, that might have been the third row. Yeah, so and all <laughs> these things he does, I mean, he's already the leader of the team, but then he's also showing and communicating work with these guys, and that's going to help the development and growth of this team, obviously. And you have a guy like Kawhi who can take over when needed, and he plays angry, and just like that, he's going to be a difference. Do you, but wouldn't you agree that last year, and the team played really good, that he didn't have to be the alpha I felt at times like there was nights where he, he was just quiet in terms of his shot attempts. Like he wasn't the instigator oftentimes. He played within the team. But I prefer Kyle Lowry when he's leading the team, when he's taking the most shots, when he's the most active player on the floor. That's when we see him at his best. He and through three spurts. games, it's, it's just been a different energy. And it's not that he's not playing or he's coaching, no, but he has no, spurts no. where he's not that assertive take charge guy or he'll let DeMar kind of run with it. and Assertive is the word, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the thing is, that whole trade situation, you weren't sure if he was going to be like, okay, well, I'll kind of defer to Kawhi and let him run it. Kyle's coming in and saying, this is my team. Let's go. Get on my back. Well, par- part of the plan last year with the revamped offense, the hashtag culture reset, was to take the ball out of Lowry's hands a bit. If for no other reason, then you want to be – uh, less predictable as an offense. You want to move the ball, and part of moving the ball is letting other guys feel empowered handling it more, whether it's JV at the top of the key or Siakam handling the ball more. And as you guys mentioned, DeMar DeRozan, he was basically a secondary point guard last year in the way that he handled the ball and made plays. Now, that's not I'm not putting taking the ball out of Kyle's hands on Dwayne Casey because no, no, no. the, the, the offensive change was on Nick Nurse last year just as much as it was on Casey. But part of the plan now this year, looking at things and how they went last year and trying to now empower Kyle Lowry even more is saying, okay, well, we have to find a way now to keep all that movement and getting those other guys involved, but also getting the ball in your hands more and allowing you to create. Because let's face it, Lowry is at his best when the ball is going through him. He doesn't yep. need to, it's not, he's not dribbling around the court. It's not like he's a high usage guy, but the offense needs to go through him. It is right now, and he's making the right decisions, and he's going to continue to make the right decisions because he's got an extremely high basketball Well, IQ. like last year, for example, you didn't see him take the ball to the hoop as much. Like tonight, like yeah. when need be, like he hit those deep, deep threes, which open up the lane for him. And when the Wizards went small, I just thought it was heady of Kyle to understand when to take it to the hoop, and he uses his body and space so well when he does that, and he just becomes a, a different kind of player. He takes his game to another level, and over the course of this year, they're going to need him to. Like I, I understand the, the the secondary players; they all stepped up, they all did their job, but you need your alpha as well. And Kawhi's a different type of alpha, but Kyle Lowry, he's the definition of it. Yeah, and with trade or no trade. Kyle Lowry came into the season with something to prove. I mean, he played last year. He went through all that stuff after they, this team was supposed to grow and evolve. So, of course, Kawhi there makes it different, but he was coming in to show that, listen, I'm an elite point guard in this league, and I'm going to get this team over the hump. And now, you know, obviously he's doing that. So I think 
like you said, it is kind of expected what we're what we're seeing right now. He needs to be the stabilizing force, mm-hmm. right? Because there's so much change going on in this organization over the last few months, from the coaching staff to obviously the top of the roster with Kawhi coming in, Demar going out. There's so much change, and a lot of it is good change. Change isn't necessarily a bad thing. In this case, the change is adding a top three, top five player in the NBA. But change is still change. There's still adjustment. Um, there's there's still a, a period in which guys have to get accustomed to each other. Kyle Lowry is the constant. He's the guy that needs to be the stabilizing force. And there was, even though we knew he was going to come out and be ready and play hard, there was some question about whether he was going to be the stabilizing force right. off the court, sure. right? I, I mean, he he and Kawhi didn't even speak until the start of training camp, and there was some question as to how much contact Lowry had with the team during the summer. So that was a legitimate question. Would he be the stabilizing force? But right now... None of it matters None, none of it matters. <laughs> yeah. As long as he's doing what he's doing. And listen, by all accounts, he's been great throughout camp, and he's been a leader on and off court and all that. He needs to be the stabilizing force for this team to come together as they need to, as the season goes on and still early small sample size sure but so far so good well 28 points 12 assists he is the two for one pizzas high five deal player of the game and for all that he gets to go one-on-one with their very own jack armstrong post game joined by kyle lowry kyle third game in four nights not an easy way to open up a season back to back last night was like a playoff game you don't have Kawhi leonard you don't have delon right tonight and you found a way to bend but not break tonight. Talk a little bit about just the resiliency of your club tonight. Um, you know, I've, I've, you've been around me a long time now. It's next man up. Uh, we know we miss Kawhi. We want him to be here, but, you know, he got to, you know, get his, his himself back. He's getting healthy. Why we miss you, you know, we want you out here, but next man up. And uh, Freddie stepped up. Danny stepped up tonight. OG played well. Norm, you know, we got a complete team. We don't just say one or two guys. We, we really have a 15-man roster. You talked about the offense. Talk a little bit about the defense. On the road tonight, for long stretches, your defense was outstanding. Yeah, it was. In half court, we were. I think we were pretty good. But it's the you know it's transition with John and Brad and, and Otto Porter, those guys uh, making shots. But you know we got we got to get better. You know it's only game three. You know, it's a long year. We're going to continue to watch film, get better, and uh, continue to just grow as a team. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Jack. Good stuff, Kyle Lowry. Team first comments post-game. Uh, I also love tonight how he mixed it up a little bit with the people in the crowd as well. Listen, if you're wearing a suit to a basketball game on a Saturday night, I don't like you to begin with. You don't know, I don't know, you, I, you don't know what he does. I, We're working well, on a Saturday night. Maybe he was coming from work. You're not wearing a suit. You're not wearing a suit. <laughs> I'm not wearing a suit. I would have been wearing not a, hanging out if watching I, a basketball game. Yeah, well, if I was at the game, I would have been wearing a suit. But you wouldn't be sitting courtside. No, no, but I'm saying maybe he's got a job that requires him to work on Saturday. Uh, we don't know what he does. Whatever. Sooty McSuit face. Kyle put him <laughs> in a good spot as the Raptors come away with That's an well, expensive beer he spilled. Well, and let's discuss something else that was spilling all over the court. That was the Washington Wizards <laughs> players' segue. tears. How that influenced the game. Should it have? Scotty Brooks, head coach of the Wizards, also being tossed. What do we make of the attitudes, the... Uh, uh, the performances by the Washington Wizards players. We'll get into that next. And we'll also hear from the man that made the biggest shot of the ball game in Fred VanVleet. All that coming up. Wheeler Watson, J. Lou with you. Raptors are 3-0. and And you're listening across the TSN Radio Network. And 
now Scott Brooks has been thrown out. I mean, he jumped at James Williams and Jason Smith holding him back. I mean, pushing on his shoulders as Scott Brooks walks backwards. This thing is out of control right now. Now they're holding John Wall back from Kevin Cutler. No composure. Zero, zero, zero. And Scott Brooks wasn't the worst of the bunch. Throw in Bradley Beal's name and John Wall. It was nothing but petulance. Some calls go against them. The tears started flowing. The complaints came then after. Scott Brooks got tossed. But then all of a sudden, the Washington Wizards start getting calls their way. And they go on a, on a run. Something just doesn't seem right about that. And it almost cost the Raptors. Inevitably, it was Fred Van Vliet's big jump shot late. That helped seal the victory 117-113 for the good guys. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lewenberg with you. What do you make of all that? Because Bradley Beal had a downright hissy fit on the court. He came together with Serge Ibaka. And honestly, Ibaka's shoulder arm was up. But it was a good old soccer dive where Beal felt the contact. And he threw his neck back and flopped. So he was never going to get the call. And then the other way, John Wall's looking for a call. He goes sliding out of bounds on the court with the ball in his chest. And then all you know what broke loose. But then things completely flipped. Then all of a sudden the referees, who I thought struggled all game long, felt like it was in their best interest to start gifting the Wizards calls. And we saw it, and we saw it coming, way? right? The second that it happened, we're like, oh, the Raptors aren't going to get a call the rest of this game. And sure enough, Nick Nurse diplomatically after the game said they expected it too, that once it happened, he was in the huddle telling guys, all right, well, you guys have to be disciplined now because we're not going to get very many whistles going our way. And it was, it was, Isn't de- that a joke? We, like how it seen works it, that way? We've seen okay. it before. Deja vu. Right, five minutes left in Game Four in Washington. Uh, Bradley Beal picks up his sixth foul, fouls out, throws a hissy fit. The Raptors didn't get a call. The rest of that game, lost it. I'm not going to defend the Washington Wizards because they are those guys in the schoolyard who talk the most junk but can never back it up all the time. Right. But the Raptors were up to ten points at that at that incident when the, all the technicals started flying, and I think they kind of felt. The momentum was in the favor. They had the game in hand. And Washington kind of had to start doing stuff, but they kept attacking the Raptors. I mean, yeah. in transition, that's what John Wall does. 34-4 to four fast break points for the Wizards. And we all know when John Wall is kind of coming at you that fast, it's hard to get out of the way. So I'm not saying that the Raptors didn't, should have not got their calls, but I think like this team is luring and growing, and we saw that in this, in this run. Right. It, I just, it leaves a sour taste. Like The Wizards should not be rewarded for coming out and acting like that. It was unbecoming, and it was unjustified. Look, like, calls were but going against both being teams. Being rewarded for being crybabies? I mean, I don't, they weren't rewarded for being crybabies. They got the T's. I think they were because inevitably they got the calls that helped them back into the game. They were in the end, and that's why I credit Nick Nurse, who sort of, he's referred indirectly to officiating after each of the three yep. games, and you almost wouldn't even know it unless you're looking for it, right. because he's been very diplomatic. He it's pointed savvy. out uh, Kawhi only taking uh, six free throws in the first game. He has been savvy, and he mentioned it again today. Listen, the Wizards just annoy me, man. Yeah. It, That's the thing. It's funny. Yeah. I, was, I was watching last night's game, as I think a lot of people were, and thinking, this is fun basketball. 
I, like a lot of other people, really want to see seven games of Raptors-Celtics in May. And then I'm watching this game today and thinking, oh, please, God, don't let us see another uh, Raptors-Wizards <laughs> playoff series. Not not that it wouldn't be competitive. The, the series last year was plenty competitive. But the basketball just isn't this aesthetically pleasing for the most part. And then also the Wizards... Just annoy me. You have Kelly Oubre yep. Jr. borderline threatening the most mild-mannered human you'll ever meet in DeLon Wright. You've got right. Wall and Beal uh, patting themselves on the back, calling themselves the best backcourt in the East and the best team in the East for all these years and never doing anything. Let's call spade a spade. They are insufferable. Yeah, Agreed. They are, and they talk so much junk. That's what I... And, and you posed the question uh, earlier on the post-game show. What did we learn tonight, Josh? That the Washington Wizards are frauds. We knew, like, we honestly, knew that. How yeah. do these guys think they're going to compete with the best of the best in the East? Well, they're in a lot of trouble right I, now. I, they're coming off of that tough loss in the opener. They were a hot mess tonight. Now they go on the road for eight of their next ten games. The hey. schedule doing them no favors. They'll play their next five on the road. One of those games uh, in Golden State against the Warriors. Some really tough games there. This could be a disaster of a start for the Wizards who, I, I mean, no one thought they were going to be as good as they obviously think they are. They're not a top team in the East, but they're in that probably second or third tier somewhere in the four to six range in the East. But even getting there after the start that they might have will be tricky. They have no humility or self-awareness. If they think they're they're that good, like Bradley Beal seriously said that that uh, that Jeff Green has a body like LeBron James <laughs> and his game isn't that far off. What planet are you coming from? You know, I think, and that's why I'll never shed a solitary tear for these guys. No. But Brad, Bradley Beal and John Wall are phenomenal individual are. players. Unfortunately, they're playing Individual team, players. Yeah, and they're playing a team, team sport game, which is why the Washington Wizards are where they are. Right. So. Right. I, I just... But, but I look well, at we'll, see, we'll see them in May, unfortunately. Right. Like, look, when I look in the East, like Milwaukee, Indiana, okay, I can buy that both those teams are going to be highly competitive. Washington's in that lower tier of potential playoff teams. Let's be honest. They are. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not yeah. in the upper tier, and that's what I learned tonight. And through the refereeing, um, the calls that were going against the Raptors, full credit to this young team in the Raptors, they kept their composure. They played within themselves. They were trying to smile, laugh off calls that went against them. I really like the way that this Raptors team carries themselves. A lot less complaint. It's just yes. three games. There's a lo- it's a long yes. season. We'll wait and see where how this unfolds. But a lot less complaining Notable. from the yes. Raptors Very than we've seen with the officials the last. That's what few I'm years. getting at. And, and and Brian Windhorst of ESPN wrote that this Raptor seems really good, but they lost their swagger. I think there's a quiet swagger yeah. to this group. Like you don't need to be the abrasive, look-at-me type group, Agreed. but I think there's a confidence within this well, team. Well, and I've been talking about this, and I wrote this not long ago, is this is a team that has always tempered expectations. You ask them what the goal is, and they would always say, well, we're growing, and it's a process, and yada, yada. This year has been a different story. You ask almost any, you, not almost, you ask any player on the team, anybody with the team, what the goal is, and they tell you championship. That's something I've never heard from the Raptors. So, to me, that there, there's a swagger in that alone. Maybe, maybe it is a quiet swagger. They're not yeah. going around uh, telling people that they they will win the championship. But that's what they expect to to do is to compete for one. And uh, that to me is different than the Raptors teams I've seen in the past. And that to me represents a team that knows how good they are and knows how good they should be. 
Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's it's a quiet confidence because you look at the makeup of this team in terms of like even Demar Derozan fits in that mold. But you know, you got Kawhi Leonard, you got Kyle Lowry, who's probably the most abrasive guy, but he's not abrasive in a John Wall, Bradley Bill kind of way. Exactly. So you got the young guys who are learning, but they're good, but they're not full of themselves and got a cool head and Fred and OG and and Pascal. So that whole confidence where they know that they're good, they know they can compete, and they're actually ahead of the pace is what kind of propels them and take a championship and they feel good about it and not be like it's believable. Another guy that is the epitome of that quiet confidence is Fred Van Vliet. Made that big shot tonight. 13 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. Another really good performance. Here's what he had to say in his post-game availability. Fred, I'm late to the party here, but tell me, uh, Nick said uh, not often you win a game with a nutmeg. He asked me what, what it was. Uh, we called it something else in the school. Yeah, yard, yeah. T- t- walk me through that play, man. Uh, I think, like I said, just about five, maybe five seconds left, and uh, I think Serge was pretty open for for a shot. It just happened to go between his legs, so you know I was coming back around the top of the key. He was able to get the ball and just uh, try to get a look at it, try to get a free look at the rim, and was able to, to take a, st- a step to the side and, and get one up there with about two seconds left on the shot clock. You probably had more time to, than you thought. Yeah. Was that just like, I'll take the look because yeah. I'm open because yeah. it went close? At that point, you just got to take the look, um, take take the best shot available. And, I mean, two seconds, you know, 14 seconds and 12 seconds doesn't make any difference yeah. for defensive purposes. So just want to get a clean look, and uh, I was able to get one right right at that moment. So I just had to let it go and was able to knock it down. Nick talked about the, the spirited group that you guys have. What does it say to win this game tonight without Kawhi on the back-to-back? I don't know what time your head hit the pin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, what, what does it say about this team? I mean, we just got a lot of you know warriors, a lot of guys that go out there and fight, and we're a resilient group, and uh, it's early. So there's yeah. bumps and bruises. It's not pretty. Um, neither None of our wins have been uh, pretty, so to speak. Um, but we just got to keep grinding, keep fighting, and, and keep building and growing. And, um, the goal is, is you know, obviously you want to win every game, but we're not getting trophies for being 3-0, and right? This is just about building something for later in the year, and, uh, you know, we'll take the wins as we go and, and keep growing. How's Nick's movement with the offense and, and the personnel impact everybody? It's like everybody, everybody's kind of got to stay ready. Yeah, 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 you got to stay ready. Um, just the, the lineups are fluid and the matchups are fluid, so you just got to stay ready. I think, you know, mostly everybody played tonight um, with Kawhi being out, different lineups, different starters, first half, second half. So uh, that's a part of being a professional for us is just staying locked in and being ready to play. Raptors point guard Fred Van Vliet in his postgame comments after the 117-113 victory. You're going to hear what the play-by-play commentary duo on the television side, Matt Devlin and Jack Armstrong, had to say about tonight's win and this Raptors team that's 3-0 and that's coming up next on the Tangerine Raptors basketball postgame show right here across the TSN radio network. Pretty impressive stuff from your Toronto Raptors. Three wins in four nights to kick off their 2018-2019 season. Tonight, a hard-fought 117-113 victory over the Washington Wizards with Kawhi Leonard being rested tonight. Gareth Wheeler alongside Dwayne Watson and Josh Lewenberg. Perhaps we should just touch on that quickly. This isn't because Kawhi Leonard is hurt or anything like that. It's just managing his playing time and his usage here in the early stages of the season. 
as he comes off a year that he really didn't play. Even rest, I don't, I don't care for the term, and certainly the Raptors aren't using it because they're not resting him in the sense that he's tired or he needs the time off or any of uh, that. I know a lot of people say, well, it's the third game of the season. Why does he need rest? He doesn't need rest. They're managing his workload, and it makes all kinds of sense considering he's coming off of a serious injury that limited him to just nine games last year. And it's game three of a season that they've gone on record in saying doesn't matter a whole lot to them in comparison to what really matters to them, and that's the playoffs. They need Kawhi at 100% in whatever it is, three, four, five months from now, and they're going to play it smart and do what they need to do to make sure that that's the case. And you still get to figure out what your team is all about yep. in the process. Yeah, you get... And I think you learned a little bit more about this group tonight. Exactly. You get to see what the other guys do, how they step up and perform and evolve, because it's kind of hard to do that sometimes when you're playing as a player of Kawhi can do so many different things so it works out perfectly on both ends let's hear from the commentary duo who called tonight's game on the television side of things on Canada's sports leader here is Matt Devlin and the coach Jack Armstrong all right what a performance by Kyle Lowry in that fourth quarter really taking the game over his first two points of the fourth quarter happened at the 704 mark after the two technical fouls and after that he just went on a run for the Toronto Raptors he finished with 28 points in 12 assists yeah no I mean it, it, when you go on the road you got to have guard play you got to have veteran leadership and to have a point guard of this caliber who has played on so many occasions against a John Wall uh, and just maintained his calmness, you know, went out Kawhi Leonard and DeLon Wright tonight, this Raptor team, third game in four nights. How are you going to win a game like this with a rested Wizards team? you got to have leadership, and you got to have example, and you got to have productivity. And he gave you all that tonight. And just get on my back, and I'll make things happen. And you look at the Raptors tonight, Matt. They had seven guys in double figures as a team. And look at Pascal Siakam, a double-double. Lowry had 13 of his 28 in that fourth quarter. 12 assists. 12 assists. And Pascal Siakam, his first career double-double. And then Fred Van Vliet was clutch down the stretch. Raptors are 3-0. and They come away with a victory in a tough back-to-back. And they take on Charlotte on the Monday back home as we send it to you. Matt Devlin and Jack Armstrong, and right now Charlotte is in Miami. They coughed up a big fourth quarter lead. They had a, they actually had a 20 point lead at the half over the Miami Heat. Now it's 112-112. They're going to overtime down in South Beach. So we'll see if Kemba Walker and company can pull this out. Nonetheless, the Raptors, they just need to take care of their own business. And I guess really the only question is when DeLon Wright gets back into this team. Now, Josh, you said you've seen him sprinting around, moving around. I'm assuming they're just proceeding with caution. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's anything serious or long-term or anything that they're hiding from us. He's been doing work. Uh, after practice, he's been doing some light work in practice, shooting and that stuff. He hasn't been cleared for full contact yet, but he's been working out with the trainers and with assistant coaches, doing conditioning, shooting, dribbling, all that stuff after practices. So I, I don't think he'll be out long. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back at some point, 
next week on the homestand. Three games next week, all of them at home. They're the only team in the NBA that's playing five of their first six games at home. Right. So. Uh, one more quick takeaway from uh, about this Raptors team. It's working out very well thus far playing Serge Ibaka at the five. Yeah. And yeah. Valanciunas is really only being used in big man on big man matchups. And that's, goes- that's it. And he's, I think both of them are excelling in the roles that they're being put in, which is the key thing. I think, you know, you can't have JV covering our Al Horford guy, but when he gets in against Aaron Baines, he does what he's supposed to do. Or the same thing as Yamahimi. And I think the ability for this lineup to switch and suit what, what the matchups are is what's going to help this team in the long run. We're, and Greg Monroe is collecting dust on the bench, but that's <laughs> another story. We're, we're seeing things from Sergi Baca that we haven't seen in a number of years. The offensive rebounding, we certainly didn't see that last year. Productivity. The blocking shots. I mean, we, 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 <laughs> his, yeah, uh, his calling card last year was the, the chase down block, but that's really the only time that we'd see Sergi Baca, for the most part, block shots because in a half-court defensive set, he was chasing guys around the perimeter because yep. he was the four. He was playing with JV, who was around the rim. This allows him to stay around the bucket, stay in the paint where he's at his best, and you're utilizing his defensive skills uh, around the rim. So this is something I know the Raptors have been talking about behind the scenes. Basically, since they got him, they wanted to play him at five more, but... He only played 13% of his minutes at center last year. It just didn't seem possible with all the talent you had at that position with JV and then Nagara who would play from time to time as well. And you look at the roster now, I mentioned Greg Monroe. It seemed like it was going to be tough to do it this year also. But Nick Nurse has been insistent on finding a way to do it. In this case, it's come at the expense of Monroe's minutes. But they're happy with finally having Ibaka in a position where they feel bring out the brings out the best in him, and through three games, it looks like it has. So far, so good. Raptors next up play Charlotte Monday night. Uh, Charlotte, by the way, ended up winning that game. 113-112 was the final, so picked up another point somewhere. Thank you very much, NBA.com, for the slow refresh. Also, <laughs> former Raptors coach Dwayne Casey, now 2-0 with the Pistons. They survive in Chicago, 118-116 is the final. And tonight, I don't know about what you boys are doing. I'm turning on TSN as soon as I get home. Houston Rockets, Los Angeles Lakers, King James, about to make his home debut for the Los Angeles Lakers. Who's going to get the calls tonight? I mean, there's so many stars in that game. Harden, LeBron. Let's hope it's not Carmelo Anthony. Exactly. Let's hope. Uh, Good stuff, boys. Our next broadcast uh, for Raptors basketball, Wednesday night, as the dysfunctional Minnesota Timberwolves roll into town. Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Butler, and his trash talking. He didn't play tonight, by the way, either for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Load management. Load management. And Gordon Hayward (laughs) sitting out for the Celtics, load management. Yeah, and, and they just beat the Knicks 103 101 tonight. So, this, our is, next, a, this is a new thing. It used it to be is. DNP rest. Now it's going to be the, the, LM. the season of DNP load management. Load management. I don't know if I can wrap my head around that one, but not my problem. I'll just suck it up and say load management with the rest of them. Good stuff tonight, boys. Josh, welcome back in studio with us. Good to see your pearly whites. Oh, wheels. <laughs> he is Josh Lunenberg. Follow him for everything Raptors all season long at JLU1050 across all TSN platforms and the real Mr. Toronto basketball, Dwayne Sweets Watson at Dwayne Watson. I know you're saying, DeMar's gone, dude. It's your title now. <laughs> I'll take it. Roll with it. Only from you. I want to thank Natasha, Tyler, 
everyone behind the scenes. Good stuff as always. We're back Wednesday night. T-Wolves Raptors from the SBA. On, on behalf of everyone here at TSN 1050, I am Gareth Wheeler. Raptors win 117-113. Enjoy the rest of your night and the rest of your weekend, Toronto.